Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And I am recording this at 5.30 on September 7th in the a.m. Uh, I have been off schedule this week. Sorry, I have been having terrible migraines and no sleep. And as much as I'd like to share with you, none of you need to hear my grumpy uh, moment in time. So, we're going to take a deep breath and officially begin. And uh, as always, you know, if you are new, the purpose of these podcasts is really to talk to those of us who are what I call wired for danger, meaning if there is something scary going on, you can't seem to stop yourself from running towards it, even if it's a bad idea, as opposed to running away or just freezing up. And uh, while I haven't played the intro, one of the other things that's real, I think, for many of us who are in this Wired for Danger category, uh, and I won't make a blanket statement because it's not always true, is that, uh, you know, I had put it in the the uh, intro, is that uh, oftentimes our lives don't end well. And uh, what I mean by that is that we are driven, most of us are driven in our life to, we're more mission oriented most often, which means we're always focused on something that we're trying to do, accomplish, communicate, fight for, change, blah, 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 ahead of us, out in the future, pushing towards something that we feel in many ways, if you're like me, compelled and you can't stop yourself, even when it's stupid, whether it's running into a burning building or you know, charging down at a path with an idea that nobody really cares about. Uh, and some people become successful doing that and some people don't. And, but I think that one of the common themes for us is what I just said, is that our lives rarely end well. And what that means is that as you're winding down, Uh, as you are moving past your capacity to rush towards the mission, uh, it's a lot of feeling like floundering. It's a lot of your body can't keep up with what maybe your mind is still thinking, or maybe your mind is falling apart, or maybe emotionally you're just not able to recover from the experience, the trauma, the war, the fight, whatever it was. Uh, You may be still emotionally upset because you felt betrayed or you lost or you crashed and burned or you spent your whole life trying to seek a discovery for curing cancer and, you know, you feel like you failed. And the question becomes, you know, is it a life well spent? Is it a life that had value? And, And the reason I'm talking about that is that, you know, we... One of the things that happens when I don't feel good is I can't really do a whole lot. And so uh, I do end up listening to a lot of other podcasts and, and interviews and things because I'm just trying to, you know, get through the discomfort of whatever the moment is. I can't physically do very much, but I also, it's difficult to tolerate how I feel. So I, you know, desperately try to distract. And so I'm taking in all this other information and, you know, one of the themes that as I'm listening to everyone and everything talk about their ideas is that it's extremely difficult to boil anything down to something that we're all interested in or we all have value or or that's important collectively. And 
so much of where we are right now, especially as a wired for danger person would be, is as the world starts to pull apart, uh, you know, you hear me keep saying there's screaming going on, but we're screaming louder about what's important to us. We're screaming louder about what we feel is valuable. And most of people are doing that, you know, myself included, because that's just who we are. You know, I want to help. I want to be useful. I want to have value. And at the end of your life, maybe you can't do those things. And I'm, you know, I'm having the personal experience of observing myself unable to physically do much about anything I care about. Uh, I still have the capacity to think and feel uh, about what I care about. But, you know, I'm at that intersection where I can't physically really do anything about it anymore. And it's very difficult to experience, but I think it's even more difficult to make peace with it. And, you know, again, as I say, I can't really speak to how other people have these experiences because, you know, I think we are, we are, uh, I don't want to say trapped. I mean, I think that's the beauty of sharing stories and listening to other people is, you know, it's good to understand what other people are going through, but most of us are kind of locked into the filter of our own experience. And uh, it's hard to imagine what other people feel like. I mean, I can recognize what's different and how other people cope. Uh, you know, I've spent many years as a social worker going into people's homes at end of life, uh, you know, with through hospice or just home health or listening, you know, and seeing what their last years looked like. And it was, for the most part, pretty bleak, no matter who they were. I didn't have this whole nervous system thought thing going on at that time. I just, you know, was doing basic stuff. And it really didn't matter, you know, whether they were isolated and alone or whether they had lots of family. Uh, It was just a very difficult transition period. I think when you start to lose the pieces of yourself that you have valued. And I think, you know, for a Wired for Danger person, so much of that piece of ourself that we value is our ability to push forward, to do, to take care of things, to solve problems. And the, uh, you know, and I'm struggling, like so many people, you know, I've talked to in the past, observing myself not being able to physically uh, function in the way that my brain wants to, or my ideas scream at me to get accomplished. And, uh, you know, and I can see other people who observe, you know, like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just do these things? And I'm thinking the same thing, because I don't look like I'm broken, but inside, you know, I'm broken. And uh, I remember, you know, learning that by talking with other people. And, Uh, We had a, a, there was somebody here on the property who was young and he was new to the off grid and he was, um, the the boy dog Thor had run up to him and uh, I said, oh, that's, he goes, who's this? I said, oh, that's Thor. It's a Viking name. And I looked at the guy and go, oh, you kind of look like you're, you might have Viking heritage. And somehow we got down to, he expressed his, one of his beliefs was 
that discomfort makes you stronger. And so if you can endure the discomfort, you become stronger. And I totally agree with that, except, you know, I can also speak now to the other side of it, that a lot of the discomfort that we endure breaks us down, right? So in the same way, I think it makes us stronger. It's also the kind of thing that breaks us down. I remember seeing uh, a guy talk about, I think it was Jamestown. It was one of those real original pilgrim places. And uh, people, you know, he was in the blacksmith shop and he said, you know, by 35, people were broken down. The, The men were broken down. They couldn't sustain the amount of physical exertion that re- was required to operate uh, the equipment or whatever it was. I don't know. How, it was the simplistic equipment of being a blacksmith. It just tore them apart, you know, the physicality of what they had to do. You know, we have in our minds, oh, you know, they were strong and young and they just worked hard. And we don't think about, well, that took people out at a certain age such a young age, right? So we're, you know, I'm bringing this up because, you know, I've been swimming in all these ideas. And, uh, you know, that was my question was coming into this lifestyle so many years ago, I wanted to understand what it meant to survive. And what am I responsible for? And it makes perfect intellectual, logical sense. like now I'm losing my words. So my maybe my brain is going, right? It makes sense at a very practical level, right? You need food, you need water, you need shelter. Uh, you need to produce, you need to function, you need to be organized because you have to go by seasons. And when you're growing your food, you have to plan ahead. And you've heard me speak endlessly to vigilance. And the more you look at it, it's simple, but it's complex because at its core area, right? You just need water, food, and shelter. Now we have all these rules. Well, you can't do this here. And then we have all these poisons. Well, now the food, you know, is toxic. And then we have all this uh, stripping of the nutrients by overutilizing the soil. So now we're not even getting basic nutrition. And so even these simple, simple things, you know, I'm reminded of the sermon, I think it was the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus talks about how, you know, don't worry, your father will provide everything for you. Don't worry about clothing or food or blah, blah, blah. And that's such a fabulous idea, right? But it doesn't just magically appear before you in complexity. Uh, I was sitting, I told you there were all these cats out here, right? So uh, there, I think there's six I've counted. And, you know, the one mommy is a black cat with these intense light green eyes. She was the one that I wanted to, uh, as a kitten last year, I was so worried about her going into winter because her mommy, it looks like her mom had died and she was by herself and she was still young. But I couldn't, you know, that was when I got booted off the property and I couldn't get her in time, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, so when I came back and, you know, a couple weeks ago, I see her and then I see these two kittens that are older, well, a third kitten showed up, and that third kitten looks like her. It's a little shorter hair, but it says that same, they're funny, they're kind of close set, light green. I've never seen this color eyes before, but they're so intense, you know, you can't mistake them. 
Well, the other cats have kind of disappeared, but this one black kitten has decided, I think, it wants this to be its space. And it's coming closer to us, and the dogs, you know, I have them... I'm not letting them loose now because, you know, around my trailer because I don't want them, you know, chasing off the cats and going crazy. But um, but she, he or she is, you know, getting closer. But we were sitting outside and she he came out and was, you know, kind of walking across the grass. And there's lots and lots of bugs out and uh, pounced and was chewing something. And I'm hoping it was a grasshopper because I don't want to think about live mice being chewed up like that but I was watching you know the kitten because I'm worried it's so skinny you know I'm worried about it for winter time you know I'm watching the kitten able to fulfill that idea that everything will be provided for you and I'm hungry I'm gonna eat a grasshopper I'm tired I'm just gonna lay lay down and take a nap as she climbs up into the you know engine or uh, you know, I'm going to wa- sit here in the sun and watch you guys, me, work outside, right? And how in simplicity, in nature, it isn't, doesn't have to be complicated. You know, if we were living at the equator where food was grown easily, because our physical body is designed to live at the equator. You know, as you move north, you have to have more and more uh, ability to plan and organize and, you know, store food, all that kind of stuff. If you're at the equator where the temperatures are moderate, uh, you could be naked and just eat fruit off the tree and have fresh water and you really wouldn't have to do anything. You wouldn't have to worry about the seasons because there was no extremes. Like you really could just be taken care of very simply, but because you move north, it becomes increasingly complex. As you get more and more people, it becomes increasingly complex. And as you look across the span of a lifetime, right, you come into the world unable to care for yourself and you go out of the world, you know, less and less able to care for yourself. And And when we're strong and young and we say things like, you know, oh, discomfort makes you stronger. And you're like, yeah, I can be a super producer. I can take care of myself. I can do all these things. And that all makes perfect sense. But as we move through the course of our lives and we have different experiences or we get hurt or, uh, you know, we as we age, you know, that that idea starts to. Uh, move away. And, and this is why, you know, I keep saying it's not about Wired for Danger being special or important. Uh, I'm just trying to speak to the experience of, because I think we have tremendous value in culture and society as a whole, but without everybody, everything would break down. Like who the Wired for Danger person is, is important at certain moments of time, but in the day-to-day sustaining of life is actually, you know, in many ways, a bigger uh, problem than people who are not wired for danger. And, uh, and we all have different value systems. And because we have different value systems, you have people who care about the young and care about the older people who are relationship oriented. And 
want to do, want to bring babies into the world and want to take care of older people. And, you know, you have people who like the earth and the land, who like the seasons and the rhythm, who want to grow food and who can do the same thing for 30 years and still be excited about it every year. And so it is with our complexity that we move forward and survive. But we're at this point, you know, I was listening to, uh, there's some new information coming out about what the Pentagon is doing and how they're talking about all the ways they can manipulate, control, and kill people, you know, through, he was calling it bugs, but what was fascinating to me is it was all centered around the nervous system, which, you know, is, you know, kind of what I want to speak to here and how I was listening. And I was, you know, asking myself the question, you know, we're moving into a place where it's hard to know what's our natural experience in these, all this that's going on around us and what are we being manipulated into? And, and I'm tying this back into what I started with because most of us aren't sitting around thinking about what super scary, they call themselves the mad scientists, right? We're not thinking that they're doing stuff to us. We're still operating for the most part under this idea that like the kitten, we're just moving through a normal human cycle of birth, life, and death of each of these stages being normal and that the earth, you know, will provide what we need. We just have to organize ourselves through some common sense and some productivity. Uh, and as more and more of this alternative information comes out, you know, I'm starting to question, you know, more and more, like, are, when do we get to a point where we don't even recognize that we are being manipulated? You know, I like to pride myself on the fact that I'm good at observing what I don't want to know. You know, I got that message quite a long time ago when I was watching somebody else. And I thought, boy, if they're not aware with their training and expertise, and they're unable to see things about themselves, what am and that's the question, what am I unable to see about myself? And, and that was, you know, sort of the beginning of this great transformation within me is the willingness to know what I don't want to know. But with fear and chaos and complexity, most of us don't have the time to sit around and think about those kinds of things. But, you know, as I'm listening to all these ways that we can be manipulated and the electromagnetic frequencies and the nanotechnology that's being put into our bodies and the things that's dropping from the sky and the infiltration of our food, you know, I'm starting to question what is real and what is not real in terms of what is happening. And, you know, I've studied nutrition and health for over 40 years and, uh, and I don't understand what's going on with me. You know, I've done everything I can do and I still don't know, and it's not something I can just go to the doctor for and get a pill and have it all be fixed, right? And I am not alone. There's so many people having so many different issues pop up, and I didn't take a shot. I didn't, you know, I didn't ever get COVID. I've not been sick, uh, but it doesn't mean I haven't been shed on, but it's, 
it's just this fascinating moment of time where the purity of who we were as we understood ourselves as humans is so complicated now. It's hard to know what's real and what's not, what's not real. And, uh, you know, one of the questions in Atlas Shrugged, for those of you who, you know, read that, there's also, I saw the movies are on, uh, I think Amazon right now, that, you know, the, 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 the idea was you just step away from the crazy and you create this utopian society, but it's based on the fact that everybody has to produce. And what happens when you can't produce? And when you're young, right, you look at the old people or the disabled people and you say, well, you have no value. And that's when you move into eugenics, right? Well, let's just get rid of you because you're not productive. And, you know, in nature, sometimes I, there was a rabbit when I was uh, back at the cow farm. It took me a long time to figure out because rabbits, you know, pull their little front feet underneath them. But there was a three-legged rabbit. It was missing one of its front legs. And it lived a long time because obviously I could discern it from the other rabbits. I was surprised year after year after year how well this rabbit did missing a leg. So sometimes, you know, we are not perfect and we can survive within the natural world. Uh, and sometimes it takes us out almost immediately because that was the other lesson I learned from my life in this way is that basically babies are food, you know, for everybody else. So, you know, the rat babies, the mice babies, the rabbit babies, Everybody is having babies, which basically is the crop being produced for the birds and the coyotes and, you know, the other prey, prey animals. And, and so, you know, there's a rhythm to it, but it's pretty brutal. And as humans, you know, we've been protected from that. We've created culture and society and civilization. So we have created systems, you know, to keep us safe, which of course has made us soft and not really able to deal with basic survival, which then moves into, uh, well, now we have to get rid of everybody because we have all these people that can't do anything. And so, you know, and as in round and round and round, right? So we're going round and round with all these different ideas. And then I keep bringing it back to, but yet each of us is having a very specific individual experience. And most of that experience is happening to us through the nervous system. And everything about nature, you know, being outside in the sun, putting your feet on the ground, good water, good food, uh, you know, exercise, movement, beauty, all of those things are designed to make you healthy in your nervous system. All the things that are human that we've evolved into being inside, uh, overstimulation, electronics, uh, you know, light that screws us up, you know, the different kinds of light are bad, you know, certain kinds of light bulbs are bad for us. Uh, you know, food that's God only knows what's in the food, water that's chemicalized, all that stuff is destroying our nervous system. And now, you know, we have the super fabulous brand new information that not only is our nervous system being systematically destroyed, now it's being infiltrated with technology, 
that's affected by uh, frequency that's alt and he's talking about I can make you anxious I can make you afraid I can make you paranoid uh, and all these feelings these thoughts and feelings that we truly believed regardless of what was going on with our body were our own now they're talking about how that can be manipulated and controlled and I and I you know, as a person who works with thoughts and feelings, right, and my own observations, you know, with how it's getting, from my perspective, you know, it's getting more and more difficult to have conversations. And, you know, my family is extremely difficult. And how, I'm like, was it always like that? Or has it just gotten a lot worse? I saw uh, Naomi Wolf had a substack where she was talking about how different energetically people feel that they're that they feel differently when they've been exposed to uh, the vax what oh you know the shots and the illnesses. There's a different resonance off of them now, and and I just keep going back as all the stuff is swimming around in me and I'm, you know, like what's real and what's happening and what do we do and what happens when we were wired for danger and we can't do anything about all of this. And, you know, the wired for danger people are screaming, but this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. And what are you supposed to do when it's in the food, it's in the water, it's in the air. Uh, it's in all the people around you now are shedding on you. And, uh, you know, there's, you have to have a phone because you can't function. And, you know, what do you do when you can't do anything, whether it's physically you can't do anything anymore or you can't change all of this? We can't undo what we've done to our bodies. And, you know, and just sitting there watching that kitten in its innocence and its simplicity and even just trying to record this podcast, you know, there's all, you know, the aggravation with the technology and this goes wrong and I lost that and disappeared and the dogs and, you know, the, can I get it uploaded? And is anybody going to even hear what I'm saying? And what's the point? No, nothing changes or, you know, we're all so deeply into everything. Can we really survive? And is the answer Atlas Shrugs? Should we just all check out and go hide in the woods or create tiny collective communities? Should we fight to the bitter end? Uh, should we fight until we're, you know, laying on the side of the battlefield, watching the fight continue, knowing that we did a good job and we did the best we could? Uh, but then, you know, why am I fighting when nobody else is fighting? I mean, all these complexities that going on. And I just come back you know, to the kitten who's just simple and not feeling sorry for herself, uh, just having its life, not aware of all these other things. And, you know, where did we go wrong as human? Is this, you know, the, the beauty of the wire for danger in very simple and survival scenarios is that nature in and of itself has danger, right? You need a percentage of your group or your tribe to be protective, to face the lion or the bear, or to function if there's a flood, or to react when there's a fire, right? You can't have everybody charge the lion. You have to have some people pick up the babies and run. You have to have uh, some people, you know, just hold still and not attract attention. You can't have everybody react the same way. So it makes perfect sense to me that we all have different 
responses at this core natural level. But as I'm observing, you know, myself age into this next phase while all these other things are going on around us, uh, it just, it's hard. It's hard. And so I don't know, you know, what it's like for everybody else. I don't know what you're observing or what you're taking in or where you feel, see, think, do, you know, within all these processes. But I think we're in such a unique time where, you know, everything's out the window. Uh, Anything that worked before is up for grabs. You know, the uncertainty factor is off the charts. Uh, And I think you know, what's most frustrating at this nervous system level as a wire for danger person is what happens when you can't fight anymore? What do you do? And now, you know, with this new little added piece of information, how much of what's going on with us, our anxiety, our our thinking, our feeling is being manipulated? What's real and what's true? Do we have the capacity to discern what's real and true for us versus what we may be manipulated into thinking and feeling and believing. And nobody thinks that that's true for them. But, you know, I keep coming back to this point is that, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, power in understanding ourselves through our nervous system and how we interface with the world around us. I think the question now is what's a natural part of the process and what's a manipulated part of the process. And I don't think any of us will ever be able to really answer the question, like what is real and what is manipulated? Because there's so much happening that we don't know and that's invisible to the eye and, you know, that was sort of my question as you're, as I'm sitting here and I can't physically hardly do anything uh, and there's no way to solve it or fix it. You know, I'm out of ideas. I'm out of, and even if I had them, I couldn't physically do them, you know, observing that this is happening. And I think, well, I have my thoughts and my mental processes. And then my question is, well, what if that's been taken away from me too? And, and it is taken away, you know, when we get demented and other things, but it's getting harder and harder to know what's happening and what's real for us, especially, you know, as I'm observing other people. And, you know, at the end of the day, I know we're all doing the best we can. And, at the end of the day, you know, everything in me is screaming. I just, I don't want to do all this. I don't want to F with technology. Uh, I don't want to deal with these scary, weird things. You know, I don't want to have to be afraid of how I'm going to take care of myself. You know, I'm just watching the kit and thinking it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be like this. And yet it is. And the helplessness as your primary defense to fight against it is taken away, that's why, as I began, I say that oftentimes it just doesn't end well for us because at this point in time, you know, we're fighting an enemy that we can't see, we can't touch, we can't understand. And that is the essence, you know, of 
of the opposite of what the wire for danger person wants to do. You know, if, if I if a fire is consuming my home, I know what to do. I know to get up and get out. But when an invisible force is consuming my world, I don't know what to do. Because number one, I don't know what's real anymore. And nobody else does. And you can't talk about it because you don't know what anybody else is hearing or seeing or experiencing. And, you know, the best you can do is kind of fold back into your own personal experience and make peace with it. But I do understand that for those of us who are wired up in a way to push out, it's extremely frustrating and it's very difficult to make peace with. And we really don't understand it until we come face to face with it. And, you know, that was sort of my response to that guy. It's like, well, discomfort makes you stronger. And I'm like, well, you know, and all the things that are running through my head about all the damage, you know, I've done to myself through all my uh, choosing to be uncomfortable. But the flip side is, is that sitting within perfect comfort and safety isn't really good for us either. So there's no perfect way through, but it just really struck home how we're all, you know, we're in different places, all of us with all these experiences and perceptions and ideas and beliefs and function and our ability to, you know, work together and come together is, I think, being taken away from us. And even, you know, when I was just trying to record this, all the frustrations that I was experiencing around, uh, you know, the tiny steps around the, the technology of all this and how, you know, I'd give anything if, if it was simple and it was just sitting around a campfire telling a story. Like all I had to do was remember the story. I didn't have to figure out, you know, where the microphone is and now where the Go, the, you know, the buffer on the microphone, there's a little foam piece that's disappeared too. And, oh crap, I forgot to plug it in this time. And this one sounds muffled and, uh, you know, it's not going to upload. I have to go find someplace, you know, on and on and on and on and on to the complexities of all these things that, you know, I'm grateful we have this, but I just think that the ability to navigate the world in our simplest form is gone. And in the same way, you know, our default nervous system, what it's really for and how we can best navigate the world is being taken away from us. And how different everybody's experiences are right now. And almost everybody is suffering in some kind of way or they're completely oblivious and you know maybe that's the way to go maybe it is to just be like the kitten and just be completely oblivious to all the complexities you know i can tell you that as the wired for danger way you cannot be oblivious it's very difficult uh, so we're not really wired to feel that way but a freeze person would be to just not know what's happening and and find but I think there's an underlying anxiety that goes with that by not knowing what's happening. So there's no perfect way through. And the reason, you know, I'm kind of babbling all this is I'm just been observing, you know, through my terrible discomfort, you know, all the things I can and mostly can't do. 
and how I get to make decisions about it, but that doesn't change anything. And now we have this new added factor. We don't even really know what's real anymore. Is this a real physical issue or is it one that's been, you know, crafted through years of eating food that, uh, you know, we don't have control over what's being put into it or, you know, things dropped through the sky or in the water or whatever. I don't know. But uh, it's we're in this just really bizarro period of time where more and more is coming out that's just breathtaking. Like, how can that be true? How can that be real? How can anybody do such horrific things to everybody? And And what makes it, I think, for me, even more frustrating is this constant running theme, but it doesn't need to be this way. And yet there's no getting out. There's no stopping. You know, we are on this ride and can we, knowing that we don't even know what's real or true for us, you know, find a way to navigate it with whatever our personal experience is that has meaning and value, because that's, you know, sort of the last piece to all of this for me is that at the end of the day, you know, the only conversation I really ever want to have is the one that's honest and real and meaningful and, uh, and simple, you know, the dogs are simple they're irritating, but they're simple. The kitty is simple. When we're in crisis, it's simple. When we're dying, it's simple. Uh, when we're laughing, you know, with a child playing, it's simple. All this analysis and understanding and investigating, you know, all the things that are push, that are complex, are exhausting. You know, a simple push is exhilarating. You know, running into a burning building, grabbing, you know, the baby in the, the crib and running out, that's awesome. It's simple. It's pure. It feels awesome. The complexity of fighting, you know, a bunch of mad scientists, that just makes me want to pull the covers over my head. And maybe that's why I keep, you know physically breaking down because I can't deal with what's going on uh, with all of this because there's no way out. There's no solution. There's no ability to say, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Like you're not allowed to drive if you don't have a driver's license and car insurance. You know, you're not allowed to fly. You're not allowed to work. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. Pretty soon we're not going to be allowed to go into stores. We're not allowed to be in public, right? All these rules and regulations that the world wasn't created with. This is all complex life forms because the animals certainly aren't doing all this stuff. You know, it is our complexity that is making things so unbearable, you know, as we seek to control or be controlled. And as a fight person, you know, you want to kill it and you want to break it down and you want to burn it up and you want to just make it go away, but we can't. And, you know, we'll all die mostly not being able to solve any of this. So I feel like I've taken you on this bizarro journey, but 
I hope you can get something from that. I, there's a lot of different ideas I've planted within this podcast. And, you know, I've just given up. I don't think I've had any conversation with anybody lately uh, about anything that isn't confusing. You know, it just, it's, it, I've decided the only conversations that are simple anymore are the ones that involve like uh, fixing the car stuff. Like that's simple. We can have a straightforward conversation, even though, uh, you know, the more I learn about transmission, the more I overwhelmed I'm getting. But uh, other than that, everything that's abstract or is just exhausting because it doesn't seem like we can all get to the same place. Uh, and the dogs don't understand when I speak, but they at least understand when I'm upset <laughs> or there, or it's a positive moment. I mean, it's simple, but at least it's clear, you know, and the kitty is clear and nature is simple and clear. And, you know, I, it, I'm so frustrated because I don't want the complexity. I don't want to, to have all of this complexity and yet, you know, we're not allowed to live in the world anymore unless we engage in it. And, you know, the more, the older I get, the less able I am to manage the complexity. And I'm not really old yet. And I feel terrible, you know, for the older, older people who can't keep up. I can't keep up, right? Like who can keep up and how uh, we don't have a choice and there's nothing to fight and now we don't even know what's real in terms of our thinking and feeling anymore. And so uh, there is no simple solution to all of this. But I don't know how to not participate, I think, you know, and and trying to find a way to make peace with it. And um, still wanting the simplicity in a world that is demanding that we engage in the complexity, uh, to me is the, the, the last battle or the latest battle, I think, for right now is that, uh, you know, we don't have a choice whether we want to fight, run away, or freeze up. You know, this is all happening around us. Uh, you know, where we are regionally, where we are physically, where we are chronologically, you know, we're all coming at this at a very different way, having, you know, a collective experience that's very uniquely ours. Everybody's having a different experience in the moment that is now. And, you know, the last little tidbits of what we thought was real for us, you know, is being, we're being told is being taken away. Uh, there's a lot to contend with and to deal with. And, it's easier to stick your head in the sand. It's easier, you know, to just go back to TVs and movies. And uh, it's easier to go tinker on something in the workshop. But, you know, the essence of who we are as Wire for Danger is it's very difficult to not eventually have to go back and look at what's real and what the fight is. And how that's the one thing I think that makes our lives hard is in, and it makes our lives not end well is that this is not a fight that we come out of. Uh, this is not a war that we're going to win for most of us in this lifetime. Uh, and there's a lot to be 
reconciled with all of this. So I realize I have just taken us down this terrible dark road. It's what happens when I don't feel good. The good news is this morning I do feel slightly better. I did get a little sleep last night. Uh, so all I can do is talk about you know, the terrible, sad feelings. I can't really take you to a place of hope, but that's, for me, that's kind of what the, the rhythm to all of this is. You know, when I'm, you know, pretty much flattened by the migraines and, you know, the lack of sleep and things like that, there is no hope, right? There's just trying to not die. But when they start to recede, you know, there's a little tiny ray of hope, uh, so the, the, I think the end message here is wherever we are personally in the process on any given day, there's always a cycle and rhythm to it. And I, you know, for me, understanding helps bring hope. Uh, seeking to understand is to me the hopeful thing as opposed to, you know, disassociating or denying or tuning out. Uh, and I think that that's sort of the essence of the wire for danger is so many of us seek to understand uh, when we when the fight stops, then we seek to understand in a different way. And so, uh, boy, this went all over the place, but I hate to just delete the whole thing because I lost my focus here at the end. But uh, at the end of all of it, I do believe that... Uh, our work is really to find the hope, is to find the light. Uh, and the power that we have is to see the truth. The, the journey is can we get through it to the light at the end of the tunnel there. And so uh, I hope that you can find your hope. I hope that trying to understand all of this is the work, not to fix it, and that we are entering at the very front end of a darker phase as more information comes out. And this new idea that we don't even know what we don't know, to me, is very disturbing. Uh, and not being able to physically do much about it is very upsetting. But I'm still getting up and I'm still moving forward on the day as best I can. So with that. I hope you are not still listening because I really don't like the way this is. <laughs> the dogs are just getting ready to rouse. I think, you know, for me, one of the, you know, I keep saying they're killing me because they got, you know, they need more than I can provide energetically. But I think that's the beauty of, of youth and the innocent and the young is that they still get up and function every day. And so, you know, by them needing things, you know, I still need to get up and take care of them. And that really helps me, you know, stay on track. And so uh, we're all in this together. And nobody knows how this is going to end up. I just really wish that we could all share in what was important and valuable in a way that we could create change. But I feel like we are becoming more and more isolated in what we perceive is valuable and meaningful. Uh, but I think at the end of this last few days of my, you know, s crashing and burning here is I like what's meaningful and valuable. And uh, trying to hold on to that, I think, is becoming more difficult. And uh, 
uh, at the same time, you know, looking at the kitten to me is a moment in which everything else just breaks away. So I hope you can find your kitten moment. I hope you can find what's important and valuable to you. And I hope you can hold on to both of them because I'm just extremely disturbed by this idea that we are now having our thoughts and feelings taken away from us in a way that we don't understand. To me, that is more terrifying than any kind of physical disability or limitation. So, all right, I'm going to stop talking because I'm just making it worse at this point. So deep breath, my friends, and uh, I will see you next time, and I will try not to be like this next time. <laughs> but this is what's real. This is what's happening. This is what the void we are entering. And boy, I wish it was as simple as a quick sword fight and it was all over. Exhilaration and a little blood would be awesome. Uh, you know, this wasting away in a sea of confusion and certainty and slow winding down sucks but either way here we are deep breath my friends and i will see you next time